This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's podcast is a part two with Stephanie Good and Sarah Boschweiler as we continue to discuss the phase B of the learning process. And so if you've not listened to part one, you should go back and do that to catch up. And at this time, we rejoin the podcast with Stephanie Good, Sarah Boschweiler, and host Kendall Terry. And that's one of the big parts of phase B is is that collective understanding, that, that kind of group think at times, but that collaboration around this idea. And I, I would use this a lot in the science classes that I would teach because there's a lot of vocabulary that, I mean, it's hard to say it comes from Latin terminology or whatever. And when you're introducing that, if I just put this word up on the board, it doesn't really have a lot of meaning. Um, at times, and some kids are going to say, oh, yeah, I know that word, or, or I can't even pronounce that word, so I'm not going to even try. But when they're in a group and they're exploring some idea, and it could be a habitat thing, and maybe ecosystem comes up, and most kids probably by the time they're in high school, which is what I would teach, had, have had that word, but maybe they're not remembering to use that term here appropriately. And so one of the things I would do with kids, if, if I'm walking around waitressing groups and I hear a vocabulary word used in a group, I would stop that group for a second and say, okay, what you used a, a pretty, you know, a pretty big word here, an important word. What value, you know, what does that mean? Like help, let's make sure everybody in our group understands what that means. Can you describe it? And I know you did that yesterday, even uh, with the staff of, there was a, a staff member that used a term and you said, oh, that's an important term. Let's, let's make sure everybody knows what that means, um, which is great because you're also not pointing somebody out that, you know, saying, you know, do you know what that means? Where that would be like that, like uh, threat of like, oh, I don't know what that means. And now I look stupid in front of the class. But the person that used it, that probably does know what that means and may or may not have the easiest way to, to, to define it. And then even yesterday, the the individual you asked, as they were starting to describe it, other people were chiming in with, with definition. So all of a sudden now as a class, we're building a definition of a key term and it's, it's kind of that organic way of like, oh, that has meaning for what we're doing right now. And so it helps that to really have that group involved in that process of you're going to have knowledge that I don't have. And you might have experience that I don't have. We have a shared experience as a class of saying we all you know got to hear Raya Carmen do this delivery. We've all now got this poem in front of us and, and we've heard it read again. So we've got that shared experience. But hearing the humanities table kind of talk about some of their a little bit deeper maybe thought of this and and then hearing you know other groups chime in with like I noticed this or or, I'm seeing this pattern or I'm seeing this all of a sudden there's a lot of vocabulary now that has meaning in that group understanding and so sometimes we forget that and it's easy to just get up as a teacher and say I need to deliver this information and we're delivering it then in a way that doesn't generate that like aha moment of oh that's really what that word means and we think we do sometimes of we've created a really nice powerpoint or we've created a really nice lecture or whatever but when that group conversation is happening and you see the excitement of somebody using a word you see the excitement of somebody defining a word that really builds that 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 like oh this is a really cool thing that we're all talking about here and I may not have understood that word and I'm not being called out on it you know I I can you know, kind of jot that down over here on my piece of paper of like, I need to remember what that was now. And so that's a really cool process to see. As you guys have helped um, teachers outside of just what you teach, you've also seen education happening, you know, from preschool all the way through 12th grade. Uh, 
are there any other examples? I know you were giving some personal examples of your class. Are there other examples of, of things that you've seen around the school that you would go, oh, this was a really cool thing that I saw a teacher do that, that fits this kind of phase B idea? Um, because that's, it's, it's easy, it's always easy to understand and explain, you know, our personal uh, content that we teach. But like I said, you guys have actually helped us mentor several of our teachers um, around the school and, and maybe had a conversation with one of them of this is how they kind of introduce vocabulary in, a, in, in that fun way or, or how they help through that. Like we've got the experience and now we're kind of hooking in this bigger knowledge of what, what's going on. I mean, I know a lot of our teachers are really intentional about doing that, being their experience first. And as a parent too, you know, I've seen that for my kids where they go do the phase A and then you can tell um, you know, when that phase B is happening because they're coming home and they're excited and then they're sharing and you can tell they have more understanding of what they experienced um, with their uh, field trip or wherever they went. Yeah. Um, and well, I love seeing, I know, you know, you were talking about your own personal kids. Um, third grade yesterday led family gathering. You've got a third grader up there. I loved his little role as a yeah. sloth. Um, <laughs> but he was excited about being up there on stage. We actually had to rearrange some family gathering because they had prepared for that, right? And so they were talking about animals. They were talking about animals you find around the world. And they had a pretty good, under, you know, when they're presenting, they had a good understanding of their their role, their character, and where they lived. And so that was a, that was cool to see. And, and, you know, he, like I said, he was great, and he was holding his little sloth, yeah. and, and I thought it was great. He was, like, petting it the yeah, whole time. kissing I, it, yeah. Yeah, he was very cute. But... That's a you know that that's part of that understanding of they had done several things in class to get to that point and they had that un, that vocabulary and that understanding of of what their their part was in that moment. And that was it was fun to see them and they yeah. got they were so excited to present and so I was glad we were able to rearrange some stuff to help them do that. Yeah, and I think what I love about all of it too is thinking about just the foundation of everything we're about at Clayton Bradley. Like community is a big part, relationship is a big part, and that's evident in this learning like this collaboration and this you know absence of threat with what you're talking about like it can't happen without these other elements that we know is essential to helping the brain really take in this information and so I think you know it's contagious what we saw at family gathering and their learning that they were so excited to share but just to even think about probably what happened in that classroom as they're preparing for this like that curiosity, that excitement, those relationships really added to that learning yeah. as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Sarah, I know you. one of the roles you work with is our language arts, or our Spanish or world language departments, and you've helped mentor some of them, and that actually connects to your background of you were an English as a second language teacher. Yes. And so you kind of get that of when you're trying to learn something new or trying to you know, speak in a language that is not your native language, that can be a struggle. And I know that you've worked with both of our Spanish teachers some, and I, we've interviewed them some for the podcast, but mm. um, what are some things that maybe you've worked in with them of how do you do this? Because a lot of times world language is this kind of like vocabulary heavy class, right? Like you're, it's really, you have to learn these new words <laughs> in this other language. Um, what are some things, and it may just, it may not be stuff that you've even come up with, but just that you know the world language teachers have done to help with that process of adding that vocabulary, but adding it in that real way. Hmm. Well, 
one of the realest of ways to add vocabulary is just to use Spanish on a daily basis in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I, they're not leaving the classroom for this, but it's a daily, like being their experience to be there um, with Dr. A in the front speaking Spanish. And yeah. uh, for a lot of the kids that can be a new experience. <laughs> they, you know, it's easy for us to want to revert to our native language and they know that he speaks English perfectly, but um, he immerses them in the language, but in a very non-threatening way. Um, so, but all of his classes I've observed, he is speaking Spanish probably 90% of the time. Oh, wow. He's using the, a lot of the reinforcements that we learn about here, you know, visuals, um, lots of questions to make sure checking comprehension, having students repeat back to him the key points that he's going over and, and using appropriate leveled vocabulary and grammar. But for them, that is a being their experience oh, yeah. and an immersive group experience. And it it's fun to see the kids respond. They're used to it now and they're willing to say things where I think you know, when you start in a language, you are shy, and that's normal. Yeah. But one, the most important things about becoming good at a language is you have to use it. <laughs> yeah. And he, he helps them come, overcome that shyness and, and the collaborative atmosphere of the room. They're able to practice Spanish every day and as much as possible in that short amount of class time. Yeah. Well, and like you said, that's, that's what we want. To happen also in math, we, we've had a lot of discussion with our teachers about math being a second language in essence. Like, it, like you said, it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to actually talk about it. And our math teachers do that. Of, They want our kids to present using those math words of the math vocabulary because when they start to say it, you start to see whether they really understand it or not, right? Um, and so I know that, like you said, with Spanish, I, I've... I have had experience with Spanish uh, multiple times throughout my life, and I've tried to uh, learn even more of it recently. And and it's funny because I've it's you got to get past that like fear if I'm going to say this wrong. But there's more than once that I've gone to interact with both of our upper school Spanish teachers and thought I could throw some stuff out here in Spanish and see how it goes. And typically, I shy away from it and and just speak. You should try it. I've done it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> because I'm like, I, you, you have that of like, I'm going to say this wrong or I'm going to do this wrong. But that's part of the learning experience, right? Uh, which I, if I would say it wrong to either of them, they would probably go, mm, I don't think that's what you mean. <laughs> well, uh, I have done that many times and they'll just gently correct me as they would one of their students in a non-threatening way. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand now. So it's fine. And that is, once again, that's that phase B of learning. Of, of You've had some kind of experience that led, leads into that, and then you try to add that vocabulary. You try to use that, and how you're kind of rewarded for that, of whether that's a, you didn't do it the right way, let's talk about how to do that the right way, that hooks in the brain, or whether they respond appropriately, and you're like, wait, I just did that right? Like, <laughs> awesome. Uh, then you get that emotion, too, that gets attached to that, and that gives you more confidence in the future. And that's the same thing we want with our kids of let's throw this out there and see where it lands, and hopefully we get an environment in our classroom where that's appropriate to say, we're going to throw this out there. You know, a kid is willing to throw this word out there and hope it lands correctly, and if it doesn't, that they're in an environment that's safe enough where we can figure out what the correct way to use that would be. Um, and if it does land right, then 
that's like a cool experience for that kid too of, of wait I did that right or I did use that that word in in the appropriate way and um, so and there's a ton of examples around campus that we could go to for that and both of you do a great job with that in your classrooms and um, I love coming in and looking at like your vocabulary wall of uh, you used to have a door. Do you still have the door? I still I have the big, heavy, painted wooden door. Right now we're adding words from James Agee's A Death in the Family from yeah. the senior class. And those are the words we'll, after we read the book, those are our new vocabulary list that we're going to study. And yeah. and we play a lot of games. And um, we have fun with the words. And I still have students randomly text me or email me hey i just heard this vocabulary word <laughs> you know that we learned in english five years ago yeah but i just heard it on the radio or i just used it in my paper that's <laughs> there's awesome this, there's well and i have i have one child that has had you I, i've got two more coming uh but i have one child that has had you that she has fallen in love with that and that's i mean that's her thing she loves english and vocabulary and that sort of thing but um, I can't play her in like Scrabble oh, or, well, or she beat me she's on my wall of fame uh, the, <laughs> you know she loves bananagrams and, and those kind of things and I mean she'll come up with words and I'm like that that's not even a word and yeah sure enough it is um, <laughs> so yeah I'm like I can't I can't play you in this anymore like your vocabulary has surpassed where my mind is at um, in that but and you know she just comes up with some of these she used ghee the oh, other yes. day great one and knew what it, you know and it was like no that's what the, you know here's what it is and, and I'm like oh you're right I don't know like <laughs> oh gosh um, but it's it's exciting to see that uh, and kids respond in that way like when they come in that room it's not just like oh this list of vocabulary because like you said they have helped generate that off of the reading and identifying those words and um, and so they're connected to it yeah and then the Spanish too are Spanish teachers have come up with some amazing projects where the kids get to practice and refine their skills. A lot of kids were so excited about their advertisement they were creating in Spanish that they wanted to show me when they came to my classroom. You know, when they oh, walk wow. in the door, like, you have to see this ad we made in Spanish class. And they're having so much fun creating and collaborating, but they also don't really they're actually learning at yes. the right. same time. <laughs> well, it's like you started with that sneaky yeah. moment of yeah. like I'm inserting this in the kids. Hopefully, hopefully that's what they're experiencing across the board here at CBA. That it's understanding that learning is fun, and you got to get past that. Like I don't know, and I'm embarrassed or whatever. To let's have this curiosity. Let's let's go out here and and have you know a little bit of perseverance, but uh, be willing to take that risk and say. Let's, let's see what would happen if we just get past ourselves and enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we have a lot of teachers on campus that help our students do that all across the board. And, uh, and I think you see it when you walk in and out of our classrooms of kids that they're not kind of in that bored state of like, I'm just sitting here waiting on the bell to ring. Um, they really seem to enjoy what's going on now not to say that it's still not work and mm -hmm. you know there's times that it's like oh I got to get this assignment done or whatever but it's the joy and the, and the fun that's happening in the moment and so it's exciting to see that from the three-year-old classes all the way up through the 12th uh, grade classes um, how that looks and and how our teachers have been creative in adapting to the age of, of the kids that are in the room um, to help them figure out how to learn the standards that we're, that we're trying to master. And so it's exciting to see. Thank you both for the time today that you've given and the ideas and the thought that you've provided uh, about phase B of learning uh, that's part of the Learning Center School model. So thank you both. You're welcome. Yes, it's a pleasure. This has been the Ignition Point. 
Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about the school, you can find us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can find us on social media sites, at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.